You're listening to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast, episode number 29. Guys, I am so excited to bring you today's interview that I had with Laylee Amadi. Laylee is an educator with a heart for serving clients and fellow creatives through her coaching work as the host of So Here's the Thing, it's literally called So Here's the Thing, the podcast, and as founder of the Creative Educator Academy. She believes in serving the creative industry with heartfelt encouragement, honest advice, and a shared pursuit of the ever-elusive balance. Laylee is passionate about her goal to help you feel confident in your ability to make a difference, create impact, and build a life doing what you love. Now, I first connected with Laylee probably around 18 months ago. I had just started my coaching business and an email list that I was a part of was sending me some emails about this new course called the Creative Educator Academy. Now, I was new to the coaching space and, you know, I read the sales page for the Creative Educator Academy. It perked my interest and I ended up joining the course. Now, this is how I first connected with Laylee. I really, really enjoyed going through the course. It was such a good foundation as I stepped into education and coaching. We're going to talk a little bit about the Academy because the doors have just opened. So if you are interested in stepping into coaching, mentoring, group programs, speaking, hosting retreats, anything around creative education. I know you're really going to, of course, love this conversation, but potentially really, really get a lot out of the course because I certainly did. So we will be mentioning the course a little bit throughout our conversation, but even if you aren't ready to invest in a program like this, I know you are going to love this conversation that I have with Laylee. So we talk about Laylee's journey from starting her business in photography to now helping creative educators. We talk about how to know if you are ready, quote unquote, ready to step into education, where to start if you are wanting to maybe dip your toes in the education space, common mistakes that we see people making when they are starting education and so much more. It is such a wonderful interview. So if you have ever had the thought on your heart that oh, like one day I may want to be a coach. One day I I may want to do workshops or retreats or help other people do what I do, whether that's in business or making something or teaching some kind of skill. This episode is going to be for you. We talk about the different types of education because as I've said, it's not just business coaching. There are so many forms of education and what that can look like. And side note, that is why I really, really recommend the Creative Educator Academy if you are in early stages, because there are literally modules that go through each type of education that you could consider. And Laylee provides trainings on how to do those things effectively. So the doors to the Creative Educator Academy are currently open. They opened on October 4th, if you are listening in real time, and they're closing on October 8th, 2021. Now, keep in mind for my Australian listeners, this is US timing, so we do have an extra day. So I'll pop all of the details about the Creative Educator Academy, as well as everything about Laylee's business in the show notes. But if you do end up joining the Academy, I would love for you to head to the show notes and click the link in my show notes because you may just receive a sneaky little bonus if you purchase through my link. I do make a small commission if you do purchase through my link, which of course really helps to support this podcast. So if you are considering joining, I would be so grateful if you went to the show notes. 
or if you're listening in the future and you think this could be of value to you and the doors are currently closed, feel free to send myself or Laylee a DM. Mention this podcast episode and I am sure one of us can point you in the right direction or give you an idea of when the doors might be reopening. But if you are listening before October 8th, 2021 or potentially morning time, October 9th, if you're in Australia, then the doors to the Creative Educator Academy are currently open. But without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Laylee Amadi. It is such a good one. If you are considering one day, whether it's in the near future or the later future, stepping into creative education, let's go. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Well, Laylee, I am so excited to be interviewing you. I joined um, the Creative Educator Academy probably, what, 18 months ago, maybe. I was right at the start of my journey and I joined your program and I've just loved every single bit of content that you have put out into the world. So it's such an honor to finally be sitting down with you virtually and interviewing you today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. I I have always wanted to like get as much one-on-one time with you as possible. I I mentioned this before you hit record, but I think you're such a joy. Thank you. (laughs) No, I, yeah, I have just loved following you and being a part of your program and it's yeah, such a privilege to be interviewing you today. So for those who are listening, who may not know anything about you, I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are. I'd love to know how you actually got started in business in the whole business world in general, and then kind of catch us up and tell us what you're doing now as well. Yeah. It's been such a long journey, but the, I'll give like the brief, the brief timeline of it. Um, I started my business, my creative business, um, in 2013. So long time ago, um, I was a high school teacher actually. And that was my, my career and I loved it. And I loved teaching my kids and working with with young adults, it was great, but I also did photography on the side as like a hobby. And as creative businesses do, it kind of evolved and became more of a side hustle, which became really demanding Mm. and time-wise really demanding, but also really lucrative and really profitable. So I decided to give it a try and jump into my business full time. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself a year And at the end of that year, I made more as a photographer uh, than I did as a high school teacher full time. And so I realized like the potential here is great. Um, But a couple of years into just doing my photography business, I really missed teaching. I missed it so much. And I noticed that there was a need for people to kind of teach other creative entrepreneurs how to teach. I noticed a lot of people wanted to be mentors and a lot of people wanted to be speakers and a lot of people wanted to create uh, in-person events or workshops, but didn't know where to start. And so I started helping them. And then that evolved into creating my own course, the Creative Educator Academy, um, which has been around now for a couple of years. Um, and it's it's just been such a journey and such a joy mm-hmm. to be able to kind of have both of my passions, business, marketing, um, all of that 
all of that business world stuff, entrepreneurial stuff, but also have teaching stuff and like the heart of teaching be involved so heavily in my business now. Mm, and it's such it's such a beautiful niche that you have chosen because so many people love the idea of stepping into education and helping people and training people up and everything like that. But a lot of people lack the skills and know-how of how to actually do that effectively. And your background is perfect. Being a teacher, it just makes sense. Like your journey just makes sense. It just flows so beautifully. So I love that. Are you still doing photography now or has that season kind of finished? What does that look like now? So I feel like every year it gets a little bit harder and harder to continue doing photography. I retired from weddings in 2019. It just happened to luckily be right before, yeah. you know, a global pandemic. Good timing. Um, so I retired. <laughs> I know it was really great timing. Um, and so now I just do brand photography and typically yeah. the brand photography I do is actually for some of my coaching clients. So nice. it all kind of, it, it just kind of fits beautifully into like this this kind of circle of mm. these one, you know, one industry that I serve, which is the creative industry who want to teach other creatives. Yeah. I love that. And I guess as a creative as well, it's nice that you still have that element of being able to be creative in your photography business as well. Like you haven't fully let that go. And I mean, if that's something you choose to do down the track, that makes sense as well, but it is kind of nice, like coming from my experience too. Like it's really nice being able to coach people and educate but then also having like my little creative fulfillment as well through my wedding business too. So yeah, I can resonate yeah. with that as well. So when you started education, I'd love to know, like, were you starting to coach other photographers? Like, was that kind of how you started getting into that space? What did that transition look like for you? Oh my goodness. Well, honestly, it was, it wasn't even, it didn't start with business owners. It started with uh, moms and high school students who wanted to learn how to take better pictures. Yeah. Um, I think we're in such an Instagram era that mm -hmm. everybody wants their pictures so great. And so I started doing small workshops, um, probably in my like first and second year of running my own business, I was doing just small scale workshops for like local people in person. And then it evolved into some of those people starting up a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And then I taught wedding photography and portrait photography workshops. And then it just kind of evolved from there yeah. as I, I feel like I grew with my students, which is really unique and fun. Yeah, I love that. And I love that for you, it wasn't a matter of like, immediately just helping people build a photography business. I interviewed someone a few weeks ago. She's a makeup educator for everyday women. And we actually had a similar conversation. And I was like, what made you choose teaching makeup for everyday women as opposed to like teaching people how to grow a makeup business? And she was just like, it just, I tried it. It didn't feel good to me. I just wanted to teach everyday women how to make themselves feel more confident and more beautiful. And I was like, I just love that she owned that. And I think a lot of people feel the pressure of like, well, if I want to make money, I guess I need to show other people how to make money, but that's not always the right thing. And I think if that's not fully aligned for you, that's definitely like not the right thing that you should be doing. So I love that you shared that as well, because especially in the current age where we're seeing like every every person left right and center like rising up to be you know an Instagram marketing coach or whatever they want to do like <laughs> I think a lot of people feel the pressure of like what are the things that are going to make them money and that's not necessarily the best the best option for every single person yeah it always looks like easy money but it's really yeah. actually not so yeah for sure well I feel like you kind of already answered this question but if you want to share anything else one of my other questions was like what made you want to step into that role of 
being a creative educator? Like, I guess it was a lot to do with your background and teaching and that kind of flowing through in this new season. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I kind of pushed back against the idea because I was hesitant to be like, okay, well now I'm going to be, you know, a coach or now I'm going to make a course. Um, I'm one of those people that if I see a lot of people doing something, I don't necessarily want to do that same thing. But, um, my, I had a mentor at the time who was like, there are so many people doing it, but there are so many people doing it wrong and they need your help. Like, so if you can create something that can help them better educate their audiences, like the ripple effect will be huge. And like, you're going to be benefiting the industry in that way. And when I started thinking about it that way, it was a lot easier for me Mm. to want to step into that role and to, to say, you know, like, yes, I do want to diversify my income. Obviously I want to have a profitable business, but more so than that, I really wanted to start like creating impact in our industry and, and really pushing back against people who, like you said, just wake up one day and they're like, Oh, now I'm going to coach you. And I'm thinking to myself, like, (laughs) you can't just take people's money and just promise them the world. You've got to actually have something to back that up. So being able to help people find that was really rewarding. Yeah. I love that. And it's such a, valuable conversation because I see a lot of coaches charging really high prices and like that's fine if the value it levels up to that investment right like yeah. I was having this conversation with a friend recently and we we're talking about like man like that is a lot of money someone is taking from someone like I wonder if they feel that like pressure to get results for a client because personally I'm like I don't think that is a lot of money like I would have to feel so confident that I can get results for someone if I'm going to be charging that much money um but I see a lot of people who don't really see oh I mean I don't know but they don't seem to care (laughs) like they're just like I I want to have a 30 grand month so I'm going to charge 30k for coaching and I only have like a year's experience (laughs) and it's very concerning and I'm sure that's something that also really grinds your gears too (laughs) oh absolutely yeah yeah it's definitely interesting (laughs) so I would love to know because you work with a lot of people who are taking that first step into education and people might be listening to this thinking like oh like I've thought about it but I don't know it feels really scary I don't know if I'm ready can you speak into that? Like, do you have anything to say to that? How does someone know if they are like quote unquote ready to step into education? Because that's a really big decision, right? And I know there's a lot of mindset blocks that you kind of have to work through, but what are some indicators that someone is actually ready to take that next step versus, you know, that that is a dream that is valid, but maybe could be put on the back burner for a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a couple of things that you can ask yourself and that I kind of prompt people to ask themselves when they're Mm -hmm. thinking through that decision of like, is this something I'm ready to pursue right now? Um, The first thing is whatever it is that you want to teach, have you not only found success in doing it yourself, but have you ever been able to help anybody else get success, Mm -hmm. you know, in that arena. And if not, that's okay. But maybe we start there, you know, like let's start seeing if the thing that you feel really passionate about teaching can actually yield results for others before you start taking their money for it. Um, and then of course, investing in yourself as an educator is so important. Um, not just from, you know, the perspective of, something like the creative educator Academy, like taking my course. Yeah. That'll build your foundation. But do you have a coach? Do you have something that you've seen or invested in and you're able to then decide like, okay, 
this is what I love about learning from this person. This is what I would do differently if I were the educator. Um, the more I think you can surround yourself by things of that nature, I think the more you're able to gauge if you're ready to step into that role because it is a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think regardless of, like you said, if you're taking $30,000 or $3, it should always be pressure to, mm-hmm. to really deliver on the promises that you're making to your students. So I think really in terms of gauging, if you're ready, I would say asking those questions. And then of course, being as self-aware as possible, because I feel like so often we do have just mindset blocks. We have imposter syndrome, we have self-doubt and that stuff. It's all just mindset um, blocks and stops and things that you can overcome by really leaning into like the facts. And if the fact is that you are qualified to teach it, you'll see that in the results that you've gotten for yourself and for other people. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is it might take someone seven years to be ready to start educating someone, or it might take someone only a year of experience. And like, not everyone's journey is the same because it does depend on, you know, your personal experience and what you've been through and how you've been able to show up and serve other people. So I love that like those are some really important questions to ask. And I love that your answer wasn't just, if you've been in business three years, maybe this is a good step for you because in a lot of cases, that's actually just not right. And you you made some really good points there. Like for myself personally, I dreamed of being a coach long before I became a coach, but I also knew, and as you said, I was self-aware enough to know now is not the time. I'm going to continue growing my own business having my own wins, finding more success in this way, helping people on the side in like a a free way, I guess, and and getting them results. And then after, you know, however many years it was, I can't remember, but after a little bit more time, I finally felt ready. And I mean, the global pandemic also like pushed me into making that happen because I suddenly had like six months of free time (laughs) and I decided, all right, I'm going to do it. But yeah, I kind of share that because I had a dream long before I actually started. And I think a lot of people, they have this idea and they feel like they must take action the next day. And while I'm all for like taking quick action and things like that, there are certain things that I feel you do actually just need to sit on for a little bit longer before you kind of launch into that. So yeah, I, I feel like you made some really good points there. Yeah. I love that. Especially just the fact that, I mean, thinking about the fact that by you taking quick action on this, it doesn't just impact you, right? It impacts the people that you'll work with. Whereas other things that you take quick action on, usually it's just about you and your business. Yeah. When you're talking about a a broader concept of actually stepping into that role as a coach or as an educator, like that is, that's a massive honor and a massive privilege and something that you should not take lightly. So definitely something worth considering. Um, okay. Well, if someone is listening and they're like, I just kind of want to like dip my toes. Like I, I've thought about this as an option, but this feels really scary where, like, where can they start? What, what would you suggest? I would say start by sharing, sharing some educational content, um, sharing it through your social media channels or through your email newsletter and just seeing how people respond to it. Are people, you know, enjoying it? Has it left a positive impact on them? Um, the best way I think to dip your toe into any kind of industry is to practice and to just put things out there without the expectation of, you know, immediate success. So just really giving from a place of, 
I want to see if this is something that I'm really good at. Um, you know, whether that's going on a couple of coffee dates, if you want to do one-on-one education, yeah. or like I mentioned before, just going big and sharing some educational content through Instagram or Facebook or your email newsletter. So I would say just sharing your knowledge for free and with good intent. Yeah. So I know we've mentioned a couple already, but I'm sure there are more. Would you like to share any other mistakes that you see people making when they start education? Because I know your course kind of like speaks into this a little bit um, because you want to help people avoid these mistakes. But yeah, can you speak into that anymore? Yeah. Oh, I can. I can. I'm going to have to rein myself in on this one because it's so funny. I mean, and ironic really, because I, I teach and I sell the creative industry, the creative educator Academy as a course. And I'm like, come take my course, but I'm going to tell you all the things not to do. I feel like the not to do the mistakes, the pitfalls are just as important as an educator telling you what to do. So, um, I'll pick like a couple that are maybe the most I don't know, the most common. Um, So I think the number one, probably biggest mistake I see people make when they're just starting out in education is thinking that they can jump in immediately charging kind of the Mm -hmm. same level as they do in their other creative business. So uh, for example, if you're an artist and you charge a ton for custom commissions, thinking that you can charge that same dollar amount for a coaching session it's not really the same. You can't, it's not like apples to apples. It's, Mm. you know, you've got the one business that you've built up and you've become an expert in that thing, but then you've got educating and you're not really an expert in that yet if you're just starting out. So, um, that's a big mistake I see is just not allowing yourself the time to grow into the position of educator, wanting to just start out like super high level. Like you said, charging, you know, $30,000 for coaching when you're one year in, probably a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, I've found this in my own experience too. And I've shared this on the podcast. Like I have my two businesses. I've got my wedding floral business, which like, if I do say so myself, I feel like I'm nailing, like, it's just, it's just happening. It, it's kind of on autopilot. I don't stress about it at all because I just know exactly what to do with coaching. Yeah. It is relatively new. And I mean, it's been almost two years now, which is crazy. So I feel like I'm finally finding my groove now, but it's a completely different business structure. And it's been a massive learning experience for me because I feel like an expert in my first business, but I feel like I'm learning so, so much in my second business. It's been a reminder for me to know that that's okay. Like it's okay to be the beginner again and to be learning new things. I I agree with that totally. I think that there is nothing wrong with, with starting back out again and really allowing yourself to learn. And then probably the second other mistake I see a lot of people make is um, undervaluing being professional as an educator from the get-go. So even though you're not charging the same prices as you do as an expert uh, in your other business, you should always present yourself professionally. I think I see, I just, I see so many people kind of lean into um, this whole social media, you know, idea of, yeah, of like be authentic, be transparent, but then that, that really quickly can turn into like being unprofessional and mm-hmm. overstepping or sharing things you shouldn't share, or, you know, just, um, not being as thoughtful as, mm-hmm. as you probably should be. And so be, beyond having like systems in place and, you know, a website and all the things to like look professional, just like acting professionally is really important as a leader in any way. 
Absolutely. And it, I mean, it can be hard finding that line sometimes when, you know, authenticity is something that you value and everyone on social media is telling you to be yourself and show the highs and the lows and all of that kind of stuff. But I definitely think there comes a point where like that's appropriate and there's certain things that you just shouldn't be sharing and there there is a way that you can conduct yourself that can still be like relatable and authentic but also like maintain that level of like professionalism as well. Well, I would actually, before we start wrapping up the rest of the episode, do you want to share a little bit about the Creative Educator Academy for anyone who is listening, who is like, hmm, this has perked my interest. Because for me, when I actually joined, it was the title of the course that perked my interest immediately. It was like the Creative Educator Academy. Like I want to be a creative educator. This sounds amazing. Do you want to share a little bit about I mean, you already have shared your heart behind the course, but a little bit about what that includes, what that looks like. Um, Yeah, just so people can get a broad understanding of what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We are really intimate academy. Um, We have a great community of growing and aspiring and current creative educators. Um, But I think the thing that I love the most and the thing that I, I try to communicate the most about the academy is that as opposed to a lot of other courses that I see, it's not just one thing that you're learning how to like copy and paste yeah. into, um, into action. Really what it is, is you're building a solid foundation of all kinds of education, because I believe that almost every single creative educator is going to have to do most types of education. So even though people will come to me and they'll say, I want to do a mentoring, I want to be a coach, but I don't want to be a public speaker. I always tell them like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to speak publicly to somebody at some point. So that's not something you can just brush under the carpet. Like what I try to do is provide like a really well-rounded foundation for all types of creative education and really hone in on like the how to actually communicate and plan what it is that you're going to be teaching. Mm-hmm. So we think it's really unique in that in that way. Um, and the other thing that I love about it, like I said, with the community, is that I feel like there are people that can connect within the group to really encourage each other to have an additional set of eyes. And then, um, of course, to like be able to lean on whenever there's something that's going on in your business or you want to share something in your business. Um, I love that aspect of it. And I also love bringing in guest experts and guest educators. Oh my gosh. The guest educators we have coming in and the Sarah, I'm so excited. I just got so hyped about it. I want to know more. I (laughs) I just finalized, um, the lineup for like the upcoming guest educators and they're pretty incredible. Oh I'm very gosh. excited. I am so excited. I might give it, should I give a little spoiler? I might give a little spoiler. Okay. So I'll just drop two. I'll just drop two little, two little names. Cause yeah. by the time this goes out, it'll be on the website. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like it should be live the day this comes out. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've got Tyler Spear who is a wedding florist and he's incredible on social media and he's going to be coming to teach about authentic social media. Amazing. And I think I love the way he talks about kind of what we were just chatting about, like that fine line of like Mm. being authentic, but also understanding that your clients are watching what you're doing. Um, And then Caitlin James is coming to talk about innovative education and just staying really fresh with what it is that you're offering as an educator which is amazing because she's just, she has such a heart for teaching and I love her. So those are a couple of people that are coming in, but we've got a, we've got a good lineup. So exciting. And I actually went back into the 
Kajabi course this morning just to like refresh in my mind on what was included because I went through this last year and I mean I love that you get lifetime access to this um and there's still like even the current guest experts are incredible you know we've got Ashlyn Carter who is just this incredible copywriter Paige Griffith who is really well known in like the legal space and there's just like some really awesome um current guest guest trainings as well so I love that and yeah one thing I was going to say about the academy is that I just think it's one of the like one of the best things you can do if you are considering stepping into that space of education because it is such a good like foundational understanding of what education can look like because it is different for everyone and I mean the thing that I found most helpful was definitely like that one-on-one education but even the in-person experiences because I have hosted retreats in the past and I want to continue doing that and monetizing that in the future so there is like just such good content like one-on-one education you've got your in-person experiences and like peer-to-peer which is really really great if someone's considering doing like a group program or a mastermind and then obviously public speaking as well. So I just feel like you've gone into so much depth across a lot of different areas and not many courses are doing that. I feel like a lot of courses teach you how to sell a course or how to create a course or, you know, how to sell one-on-one. But I feel like this is like that step before that. It's like, how can you actually be an effective educator before you start selling it? Because like, this is, this is how you're going to make money is by providing an incredible experience for your clients. It's not just in the marketing strategy. It's actually in like how you deliver that content and that value. So I love it. And then, yeah, the sales, sorry, not the sales, the guest expert trainings are really, really helpful for all of the extra stuff that are helpful to know as an educator as well. Like, and that's kind of where a lot of the marketing stuff comes in and the legal stuff and copywriting and all of that, which is really fun too. So such a good course. Like, I love that you have, like, I love that you shared your heart behind creating this course because it kind of gives us an understanding of what led you to this. And it's like, you've chosen such an incredible niche that is so, so important for yeah, people who are wanting to begin creative education. So I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you made my day. I, 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 words like that mean so much to me, especially coming from alumni. Like that, people yeah. inside the course saying that they love it just makes my heart so full. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I mean, it's such a reminder for me, like interviewing you and actually like refreshing my mind on the content because you've actually put in some extra little bonuses that weren't there. I think last time I logged in, which is just a nice little surprise. But I feel like with anything you invest in, as obviously as long as it's lifetime like it's literally sitting there at any point for you to go back and re-go through and I am going to re-go through this content to like freshen up my knowledge about those different parts of education as well and I feel like just as a reminder for anyone who's invested in anything like maybe this is an opportunity to go back and go through some of the content again and that's the beauty of taking a course like this is that it's not just like one and done like dust off your hands like good to go I mean, you can do that if you want, but I feel like to get the most value out of, out of your investment, it's actually in like actually going back and revisiting content because like, I don't know about you, but often I will go through a course or I'll listen to a podcast or whatever. It'll like go in one ear. I'll feel really inspired for a day and then I won't like take any action the next day. Um, but I feel like, oh yeah, I feel like, yeah, like your course is one of those things that I feel you go through you get some more experience, you go through it again and like continue to learn as well. So yeah, I just wanted to share that as well for anyone who is listening and either considering investing in this or has invested in something else recently, like just a reminder, you can go back through and relearn the content again and again and again. 
I love that. Totally. I, I think that's something that a lot of people forget. And I, I think that's the best part of having lifetime access to something. Yeah. Um, I feel like that the more you grow, it's just going to, the content is going to work a lot differently in your brain. So mm. why not? If you have lifetime access, go back through. Yeah, for sure. And I love when courses provide lifetime access because a lot of people, you know, they'll invest in something, but they may not have the time straight away to go through the content. But yeah, it's, I think it's really important, especially when it's something like this, where the cart opens and then it closes at a certain point, it's important for people to know they can go through it at any time. So yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, one of the other questions that I always ask all of my guests on my show is to just share a time that they took imperfect action and what did this look like for them and how did it pay off? Like I'm all about showing up imperfectly um, and especially in your business, like it's not always perfect. So can you share that? Can you speak into that at all? Yeah, I think um, the thing that pops into my mind right off the bat is starting my podcast. I think I did that very imperfectly. I just... (laughs) I was like, you know what? I really want to create this casual podcast. Um, it's called So Here's the Thing, which Great name. that name, it, it's a fun name, but it's really actually become quite difficult when people are like, what's the name of your podcast? And I'm like, it's So Here's the Thing. And they're like, so here's the thing, what? <laughs> no, that's the podcast. <laughs> they expect you to say something after that. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I just went for it. I didn't have like a really clear cut plan. I just started recording. I found some music. I edited it myself. I did everything myself. Um, and, and it was very imperfect, but it had a lot of heart and eventually I added in, you know, producer and marketing strategy and all the things behind it that I didn't have when I started it two years ago. So, um, that's probably, probably the, the best example I can think of is I just was like, I have content to share. This is free yeah. Hopefully people will find value in it. And yeah. I just went for it. Yeah. I love it. I can totally resonate with that as well. And the best part is you can wear your pajamas and record content. <laughs> best. Whenever I look at like people who are really consistent on on like their YouTube channel, I'm like, who has energy to do that? <laughs> like not only do Honestly. they have to look good, they also have to like prepare the visual content and edit it all. Yeah. No, thanks. Podcasting is good for me. <laughs> Same. Okay. Well, some rapid fire questions before we wrap up. Is there a podcast or a business book that you are loving at the moment? Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So this is going to sound really awful as a podcast host. I don't listen to very many podcasts. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite podcast is actually, um, oh my gosh, I'm like my favorite podcast. And I can't remember the name. I think it's, it's how I built this. Is that, that sounds right. Oh, I haven't heard it. I'm pretty sure it's called how I built this. And I'm like pulling up my podcast to double check it. But, um, I love that one. Let's see. Yes, it is. It's how I built this. Oh my gosh. Look at me remembering. Um, I love that one. Um, it's, it's really, really uh, great. It's, it's about entrepreneurs or really it's, it's kind of about, um, like larger companies and bigger names. So like uh, the most recent one I listened to was, um, I think I went back and listened to an old episode about the person who started dry bar, which is like a hair blowout bar. And, and her journey and starting that. And I think as like small business owners, it's always really refreshing to listen to like big businesses talk about where they started. Yeah. It's just super refreshing to think of these people as, as basically what we're doing, but yeah. like on a larger scale. So that's my favorite podcast. And then what was the second one you asked? Is there a book, like a business book or just a book that you're loving at the moment? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is a reread for me, but I recently started rereading Braving the Wilderness by Brené Brown. Oh, um, cool. I find that anytime I need just like a really like, like kind of a, 
a book that invigorates me, but like makes me feel really like seen and really understood. Brené Brown is my go-to. I'm like, okay, she gets it. (laughs) She has so much wisdom. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Is there a favorite business tool that you're loving at the moment? Oh gosh. I use so many. Okay. I just switched again, my, (laughs) um, my task management tool. I have used every single one. Okay, and I just switched back. Yeah. I just switched back to the original I ever tried Trello. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I have used ClickUp. I have used the hello. What is it? Hello Monday or something. Yeah, I, I've com, used them all. Asana, and then first, yep. Yeah. Recently I was in Asana and I've been using, I used Asana for the past like six months. And then about a month ago, I just, um, I brought in an integrator into my business for the launch, the relaunch of the Academy and she uses Trello. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking through and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I like Trello better. (laughs) So right now I'm (laughs) I'm digging Trello. I'm kicking it back to the beginning. I'd love to know, like, this wasn't a question, but like, I love hearing about how people use project management software because it can be very, very overwhelming. Like what are the main things that you do tend to use project management software for in your own business? Yes. So for me, um, I have really like three things that I keep in right now in Trello and previously in Asana. One is a board where my podcast producer and I basically like communicate. So, uh, you know, to keep track of the episodes, the graphics, when things are going out, all of that good stuff. Um, the second one is between myself and my assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where I'll assign tasks and I'm able to then like give her due dates. So that's how I keep it from being too overwhelming. Um, and then recently I've just started using it, um, for my own running to-do list that I usually keep in like a paper planner, Mm -hmm. but because now I have like a larger team, I allow them to see my to-do list for, for work. And that way, like if there's something that they see, they can just take it off my hands if they feel okay doing that. Yeah. Um, so that's been cool. Yeah. And it's cool that you can set due dates for those tasks as well, because I feel like when you're just using, you know, pen and paper and you've got this, you know, scattered to-do list that seems to just be getting longer and longer, can be very overwhelming, but that's what I found helpful in having project management is, is that you can look at, your calendar, you can be like, all right, let's move this to November. Let's move this to this day. And then I don't know about Trello, but like I get emails every day of like, this is what you should be doing today based on what you've already put on your to-do list, which is a little bit helpful. And it's like, and this is overdue. I get those notifications a lot as well. <laughs> You've forgotten to do Oh this. yeah, same. <laughs> it's yeah. always overdue. Yeah. Always. But I also, it, it is great for like projects too. So like um, yeah. when you said you noticed there was new content inside the Academy, I added a new unit on course creation mm-hmm. and I used Trello to outline and set due dates for each like video, each piece of the workbook. And that way I was able to track it. I should, you know what? I should include that template in the course. I should include that for Academy members. Maybe I'll do that. (laughs) That'd be a really great bonus. Yeah. No, I love that. And like project management, like it can be so, so powerful and so effective, but I think if it's not done well, it can just actually be more overwhelming than helpful. Um, I keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. (laughs) Okay. And last but not least, what are three things that are bringing you joy? It can be personal or business related. Oh my gosh. Well, number one is my cats. There's literally one sitting on my, you can't see him. He's literally sitting on my desk right now. Um, so my, my two little cats, uh, they bring me so much joy. Um, my, 
my plants all over my home. I love it. I can see quite a few in your screen right now. (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah. Um, just like tending to them. It's like such a peaceful moment in my week, you know, it's so nice. And, um, probably I guess a third thing that brings me joy, probably the people I get to work with. I mean, just getting to, to chat, like even with, with my students, with podcasts with, you know, all the people in my community. Like I always say, it's funny. I say on Instagram, so many people have like a love hate relationship with social media, but I just love it because I feel like it's like the place I get to talk to people. So those are the things that are bringing me joy right now. I love it. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about having a business is that you can connect with so many different people across the world. And we all have like a similar passion, like, you know, different industries and different details in terms of business, but like we all have very similar passions and that's kind of what can connect us. And yeah, I love that. And social media is beautiful in that sense that, yeah, you can meet new people and connect and yeah, I think for a lot of people, as you say, like it can be a love-hate relationship because it can be easy to compare yourself to people that can feel a little bit exhausting in some ways. But I think if you use it as a way to like connect with people that inspire you, um, mm-hmm. it, it should fill you up, right? Like it should, it yeah. should be, yeah, it should be a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, I think anytime you can be intentional with it, it's like mm. it can be amazing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I always say this to my coaching clients as well. It's like, if you find social media exhausting, like you're probably following the wrong people, like just go unfollow people that are exhausting you and are making you feel inspired. You don't need to follow everyone. (laughs) Well, Laylee, it has been such a joy to interview you today. I feel like we only like just given the surface about this whole conversation about education, but I hope that people you know, have felt inspired and maybe just intrigued about the idea of stepping into this and how they can start doing that and the different forms of education that are available to them as well. So um, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your heart and your experience with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. And for anyone who is listening, we will pop the link to join the Creative Educator Academy in the show notes. The doors are currently open. Um, when do doors close, Laylee? They close. Oh, that's a good question. Sorry, I, um, I think October eighth, I believe. Yeah, it's only it's open Friday. for a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll pop that in the show notes, and if you're listening live, you can go and join the Creative Educator Academy before doors close. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website, www.sarahluthie.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here, friend. I'm so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.